evening's gospel, Jesus is asked what signs he will provide. He answers it in the way we just heard. Uh, One of the signs that we're getting closer, everyone, to the end of a church year, the end of a liturgical year, is we have this type of gospel being presented to us. When we start to hear this kind of apocalyptic literature, it's called, we know we're getting closer to the end of a church year. The end of times, the end of a church year is the vision of the church. So next weekend, of course, we have Christ the King Sunday bringing an, an end to our church year, followed by the first Sunday of Advent two weeks from today. I think it's interesting that the next time we'll be wearing green is mid-January, right? Get through Advent and Christmas. The next time we're wearing green is mid-January. But for all of you Green Bay Packer fans, I want you to know something. Come January, we're going to be the only ones wearing green because the Packers are going to be at home watching the playoffs in their pajamas. (laughs) Just so you all know that, okay? I know sometimes you're not quite sure. Am I a Viking fan or a Packer fan? After a win like today for the Vikings, 8-1, and one, who can't be a Viking fan, right? So I'm fair weather just like all of you, so go Vikings. Um, the thing about a gospel that we're being presented here this evening, this apocalyptic literature, is it's really awkward. It's really awkward to hear. It's really awkward to proclaim. And it's really awkward to preach on. And I think part of the reason it seems so awkward is because it seems so irrelevant. It seems so unlikely. It seems so dramatic and fake. But I just want to point out here this evening some of the things that Jesus said would happen. And I want to put into a certain true-false test to see, are these things true? Or not. So let's just go through a few of the things that Jesus said these things will happen. First, standing in the temple in Jerusalem, Jesus says, All that you see here, the big glorious center of Jewish life, a temple unlike anything you and I have ever seen, all that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Now, Jesus said this in the year 33 AD or thereabout. Fast forward 37 years, what happened? That very thing. The Romans conquered Jerusalem and destroyed the temple, taking each stone down. There's one part of that temple that remains. It's called the Western Wall, the Wailing Wall. You can go there today. And do you know what's on top of the Temple Mount to this very day? What used to be the center of Jewish worship? This place that Jesus said would one day be thrown down. Do you know what's there today? A mosque. Sounds like Jesus was right. Jesus says, many will come in my name, saying, I am he. Saying the time has come, saying, do not follow them. Many will present themselves as the new Christ, as the one to follow In fact, just as a bit of a side note, the fellow who tore down our Mary statue and destroyed it a couple weeks ago claimed he was the second coming. This stuff happens, like it or not. People claiming to be the Christ. Let's keep going. You'll hear of wars and insurrections. Do not be terrified. 
He says, nation will rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. Sounds like Jesus was right. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, plagues. He's still right. He says, they will seize and persecute you. He's speaking to the apostles. All of them but one died by the sword, died by martyrdom, were persecuted for their faith. They were told, you will be handed over to synagogues and to prisons before kings and governors because of my name. So before we dismiss Jesus for being so radical, the truth test stands that these things happened very quickly. So let's not be so quick to dismiss him. Now the challenge is, again, the relevancy. I think the context of what Jesus is saying here is helpful to tap into the relevancy. Keep in mind, this is the very end of Jesus' public ministry. The very end. He has spent three years preaching, teaching, healing, miracle working. And now that's about over. And now he has entered Jerusalem for the very last time. He will not leave again until he is raised. This is it. And he's telling them to get ready. So that their faith, when these things happen, may not be shaken. And I would say for the apostles, they responded well. Because their faith was not necessarily shaken. And the reason it wasn't shaken wasn't because of Good Friday. They all left, remember, except John and Mary and a few others. They all left. So maybe it was shaken for a moment. But on Easter morning, the power of the resurrection changed everything. Because the power of Jesus' resurrection changes everything. Because these realities might occur, yes. But we need not be afraid because Jesus has come to destroy death and sin and slavery to sin. He has come to destroy that and he has done so successfully through his resurrection. So I think what this gospel invites us to hopefully consider in our own lives is the question, is he the foundation? Is he the cornerstone? Is he the center? Is he the one for whom I exist? Have I built my life on him? Do I stand firm on the only solid foundation that will last? Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. Everyone, there are so many things that compete for our attention. There are so many things that compete for our heart. There are so many things that compete for our love. And sometimes Jesus is one thing among many. May that competition be won by him. May he claim your heart and mine. And may he be the foundation of everything we do and who we are.